Today is Reformation Sunday. And remember the efforts of Martin Luther and others to get the church refocused on biblical teachings and practices. Their work would lead to a break from the Catholic Church, but also to the Counter-Reformation when the Catholic Church sought to reform itself. The main event we celebrate today is Martin Luther's nailing of his 95 theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany. Reading them today is a strange experience for they involve many arguments of the time that seem very obscure today. The main teaching we inherit from Martin Luther is that justification comes from faith alone, and that is based solely on scripture. Much of what the reformers sought was a return to the basics of faith, minus the traditions and other things that had built up over the centuries. This process brought many good things, but also brought destruction and even bloodshed. There were those who destroyed church decorations and even buildings, seeking to get rid of shiny things they thought distracted people from God. Others wanted to get rid of practices that they didn't think were particularly biblical. Some even wanted to get rid of music. This all came before the time of John Wesley, so those of us who identify as Methodists may not regard it as part of our particular heritage. But certainly we can all thank the Reformers for what Christianity is today. Today, we are in full communion with the largest branch of the Lutheran Church. Even though we have theological differences, at least to those who study such things. In America today, we have Lutheran churches, of course, and we also have what are called Reformed churches of various types, which descend from other Reformation leaders, such as John Calvin and Ulrich Zwingli. As Methodists, we don't directly come from these traditions, for the Methodist movement grew out of the Anglican or Church of England, which also separated from the Catholic Church later, but for less than, or was that earlier? I don't remember. But for less than religious reasons, as you can learn from watching a variety of movies and TV shows, or read books if so inclined, the Church of England separated from the Catholic Church, so Henry VIII could divorce his various wives in order to produce an heir to the throne. The aftermath was still unfolding when John Wesley was born, though it was mostly over by then. And he followed in his father's footsteps, becoming an Anglican priest. But he too believed that the church needed to get back to basics, stressing biblical teachings and discipleship in a time of moral laxity and weakening of the church's influence on society. He at first sought to do this within the Church of England, but soon had to leave in order to reach the lost, having offended too many people in the church hierarchy. He was banned from most Anglican pulpits and soon started preaching outdoors, going to where the people were instead of waiting for them to come to him. One of Wesley's main teaching comes from our gospel reading for today, the first part of it, a passage that serves as a basic guideline for us as we seek to be faithful believers in Jesus. And going back to basics, this is an essential passage, even if you don't think yourself as being a Methodist. Matthew says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the greatest and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You know, I just don't know how to make this life we've been called to live any clearer. Love God and love your neighbor. But once people come together and start getting organized as a church, many other things get added. They mostly aren't bad things. They just may distract us from these two basic commandments. The first one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, comes from Deuteronomy 6.5. And it has remained the greatest and foremost commandment of the Jewish people from before Jesus' time down to today. The second one, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, comes from Leviticus 19.18. When you're talking to Pharisees, both then as now, it is best to quote scripture at them, which means, of course, that you must read the Bible and know it well. After this encounter, as Matthew tells us, no one would ask Jesus any more questions. What this really means is that no one from the Jewish church establishment approached him. For he continued to interact with his disciples and the multitudes of common folk still coming to hear him. But from here on, the Jewish establishment would be out to get him. And he in no uncertain terms condemns them. Many or maybe most denominations started with someone claiming to get back to basics, seeking to be like the early church of the New Testament and to follow biblical teachings minus the baggage of the ensuing centuries. But these churches, of course, were also influenced by the ideas and practices at their time of inception. Loving God and loving your neighbor may sound simple enough, but putting it into practice is often difficult. Both Martin Luther and John Wesley got into trouble for following biblical teachings in a similar way, by following the Bible's teaching on honoring the king. During a peasant uprising, Luther took the side of the current ruler, even though thousands would die in the process, even some in his own church. Wouldn't we rather support the poor and the powerless? John Wesley is still dissed today as taking the side of the King of England rather than the colonists across the pond during the American Revolution. We, of course, would support the colonists, being Americans, after all. But not only did Wesley follow the teachings of the Bible, he was a British subject, after all. We all know that looking at different times through today's eyes can be difficult. And right now, trying to understand our own may be even harder. Reading the Bible and trying to live by its teachings is just as difficult today, when both sides of any issue may claim biblical authority, and supporting certain people may mean becoming enemies to others. But still we seek to live faithfully and biblically. And Jesus' teaching to love God and love our neighbors is still the best place to put our trust, both as a belief and as a practice. We will still struggle in following through. We will make mistakes. But trying to act in a loving manner to all involved is generally better than not loving someone or anyone. But do any of you ever feel like you're caught in the middle? having to choose between loving God or loving your neighbor. In other words, are there certain passages of the Bible that you struggle with, or not maybe, when trying to do what is best for people?
isn't this what our battles over abortion, gay rights, and so many other issues involve? The solution from John Wesley is to interpret the scriptures as a whole, not taking certain verses out of context on its own, but trying to see each passage in light of the entirety of the scriptures. Does that help? Not really. Does it remind you of our denomination's current divisiveness and impending separation? We say we love God and love our neighbor, but each of us are, is influenced by so many other things, our upbringing, our politics, on and on. It is still hard at times to know what to do about some things in life. But I still believe that these two commandments, to love God and love our neighbor, is what everything hinges on. Where we get into trouble is when we let that third factor, me, get involved. When that happens, we make things too complex, or rationalize everything to our slant on things, or just ignore where our thinking will lead once it goes out all its way, especially when it makes us uncomfortable. Any questions or answers now? My suggestion here is when you're conflicted, that is the time to seek help either at church or home with other wise believers. Even after 2,000 years, as times change and different people seek to live faithful lives, applying scripture to the context we live in remains a challenge. It most likely will remain so until Jesus returns. It's been over 500 years since Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of that church in Wittenberg. Perhaps that isn't too meaningful to most people today. Our challenge is to place ourselves in God's unfolding plan, seeking to understand our place in history and what kind of impact we will have and what our legacy will be. Things are so disorientating right now. We must make things simple and get back to basics, loving God and loving neighbors as we seek to live our lives on that firm foundation of Jesus Christ and his teachings. So keep reading the Bible, keep praying, and keep loving God and our neighbors. Amen.